This is way too honest, but I'm going to say it anyways. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Way Too Honest Podcast. I'm Kristen. I'm Tara. How you doing, Tara? I'm okay. Um, I had a fun and rough week. So the fun part was that I went to a friend's wedding, which was like one of the Amazing. most fun weddings I've ever been to. And they're two of literally my favorite people I've ever known in my entire life. And I'm just mm-hmm. so happy for them. And they had such a perfect wedding and they deserved it. Um, and it was just really fun. And, you know, a bunch of people I knew were there and it was great. Um, the rough part was that <laughs> I ripped my calf muscle. Oh, my God. Um, which I think I, I think I kind of started a couple of months ago. I don't know if I talked about it on the pod, but I am like, I'm slightly hypochondriac. <laughs> um, I was convinced I had DVT and then I got checked out. I was like, you don't have DVT, but you might have a, a really bad pull muscle. And I was like, all right. And then it went away and then it came back with a vengeance because I felt it. I felt my, my, I felt my calf muscle spasm and rip. Like mm-hmm. I felt it. It's that moment where you're just like, I just did something. Yeah. Like for sure. I dislocated, I tore, I broke, whatever. I knew it. Um, and then I finally got to go to the doctor on Tuesday. That was a journey, but I finally got there and I got my ultrasound done. Beautiful. And the second I was going for the ultrasound, I would like look at her. I was overwhelmed with this feeling of they're going to tell me everything's fine. Right. And I'm going to have like this total mystery pain and I'm never going to know what it is. Right. Um, and I looked at her and I told her and I was just like, you know, I have a feeling you're going to tell me everything's fine. And she's like, well, I can't tell you anything, which is true. Ultrasound technicians Fair. can't cause that's diagnosing and they can't do that. Um, but she she was pretty quick about it, and I was like, "Can you even kind of like you know like say like eh, yeah yeah there's something no there isn't?" She's mm-hmm. like, "I can't say a thing," and I was like, "Oh, good job, you passed the test." Huh? Yeah, good job, <laughs> whatever. Um, and then I got my results later that I have a two inch tear in my calf muscle. Gorgeous, so wonderful. Um, so it's okay. I can walk. I'm functional, but it really hurts, and I limp. Pretty. So what I'm hearing is, is you're fucking ripped, bitch. I'm ripped. <laughs> I am ripped. My calf, and t- to be honest, I've always been pretty proud of my calf muscles. Yeah. They're, they're nicely defined. Thank you being a sprinter in high school. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I was a really good sprinter. Um, So I have, in my opinion, I have really nice calf muscles. In my opinion as well. They would be much nicer if I lost weight and my ankles got thinner. To, like, really show them off. <laughs> Mood. But, um... Yeah, but they're so nice. They're literally ripped. I love that for you. <laughs> I love that for you. <laughs> but um, that was pretty, that's pretty much my week. I had a really nice event, and I got really bad news about my leg, but hopefully it gets better soon. It's a muscle. It'll regenerate. Yeah. Whatever. It, I'm, I feel like an X-Men. Yeah. It'll, it'll, it'll heal itself. Or like Megan Fox and like Jennifer's body. It yeah, just takes sure. me a little bit longer, for and sure. I don't get to eat. I don't get to eat people, but. Damn. Mm-hmm. Well. Dream dead. Guess you got to use your Sakara lunches again. I know. It's fucking stupid. Gotta be plant based. How's your week? Um, my week, my week was interesting. Um, I sound still a little bit raspy because uh, I found out today that I have a gorgeous case of bronchitis. So sexy. I let me tell you, nobody can hack up a lung like I can. Um, so I just have... wait, just wait till you get some production <clears throat> there too, and it's like, <laughs> like it's just God. disgusting and phlegmy. It's just, it's so horrendous and so gross sounding. But it also feels terrible because, like, I cough so hard I give myself a headache. And then I'm just miserable. Um, You got to watch out for pleurisy then, too. What's that? Pleurisy is when you cough so hard for so long that Mm -hmm. you bruise the lining of your lungs. 
Oh, God. So it tends to hurt in your upper back area. I know this random thing so well because I've had it. I just, like, am waiting for my six-pack to come in. Oh, I'm yeah, your kind core's of getting a workout. offended that it hasn't come in yet, but that's fine. Um, So, uh, but so, okay. So here's the thing. I don't go to the doctor ever. I hate them. I, they do wonderful work. However, I'm just afraid of them. Yeah, last time I talked to you, literally last <clears> week, <throat> you said I didn't even have a PCP. No, I don't. Like, I did. I just never went. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, like, huge shout out to Blue California or whatever, the Blue Cross. Blue Shield, whatever. Blue I don't know whatever it I is. I think Blue Shield and Blue Cross are the same thing, but this, I don't really know. <coughs> All I do is I just pay for my, my health insurance. I don't know anything about it. I don't do anything. Mm-hmm. I went on. You're their dream customer. Oh, for sure. And that's fine. <laughs> I literally, I'm not even kidding you. I have not been to the doctor since 2019 when I had pneumonia. Nope. I lied. 2015. Um, oh, damn. That's a long ass time. I like sincerely do we not live get two wildly different lives. Yeah, exactly. Oh we God. live two different lives. <laughs> but I will tell you, this whole teledoc thing. <gasps> it's a great. Fucking dream. So I went on. I, number one, changed my provider to somebody who like i actually like did research on and i picked or whatever Mm -hmm. um but then i was like you know what i'm gonna see if they have a teledoc sort of situation because i've had this cough now for nine days it's kind of a little alarming at this point yeah um and i've had mono and i've had pneumonia and stuff like that so like i know that like my body is susceptible to, to shit like that yeah so whatever when i fucking tell you i made my appointment and within 10 minutes somebody called me love that and she had all these questions for me and then she was like okay well i'm gonna prescribe you this if you don't feel better by tomorrow give me a call back oh i love that and she called it in for me and since i this is like my first time using my health insurance they um i thought like they were i was gonna have to show all this stuff yeah oh my god no they just fucking took care of it it was a fucking dream like I, I love would, them. But double check your insurance <laughs> website because that could come back to haunt you. It could seem like they're all taking care of it and then right. you get a bill for $700. Oh, I sure should hope not. Mike. I mean, that's an exaggeration yeah. sometimes depending on the circumstances. But because I haven't hit my deductible yet, oh, God. my my copays for doctor visits have been like in the hundreds. Oh, no. So total nightmare. My teledoc, it literally says your copay for this visit is $0. Oh, love that. And then so they prescribed me a steroid and an inhaler. Mm-hmm. My inhaler was 45 cents. Did they go through the Mark Cuban pharmacy? I don't know. I literally paid $15.45. Fantastic. For my steroids and my inhaler. I, I said, love that. You're fucking kidding. That's like, great. I, again, I have no idea what actually I have in my health insurance plan, but I have a question. Thank you. Is your, and you might not know this, but does your inhaler, and I'm guessing it is, but is your inhaler albuterol? Yeah, it is. <laughs> How does that make you feel? I don't know what that, I don't know what it. Albuterol is like a stimulant. Like it will make you jittery as shit. Oh, I don't want that. But I, mean, I also want to stop but coughing. It, it it does help. It does help. Um, for me, and I must let you know this happened to me. Very well, might not happen to you. I can't take it because it triggers panic attacks. Like not anxiety really? attacks. Like adrenaline based <laughs> panic attacks. Like shoot up in the middle of the night from sleeping, sweaty. I feel like I'm having a stroke. Puking. Adrenaline. Oh my panic God. attack. I like, have no it idea. triggers that in me. Other people, it mostly just makes you super jittery and super jumpy and, like, I got to get stuff done. And, oh, and you get kind of, you feel kind of, like, just off of, like, a hit of an inhaler? Yeah, it's albuterol. I mean, it's like a stimulant. I mean, it it jacks you up. 
And usually when you go in wow. for like a like a breathing treatment, if like you're really phlegmy and you can't get air and they give you that, that's just like a ton of albuterol. And they warn you like you're probably going to get jittery. And so they always warn parents too before they give kids it because oh. kids are bouncing off the fucking yeah. walls. Um, but just watch yourself. It doesn't have – it doesn't – I mean it just depends on the person how strong the effect is. Yeah. But I wouldn't – unless you absolutely need to and you're like I need, I need the hit of albuterol. Yeah. I need the inhaler. Um, I wouldn't take it right before bed probably, <laughs> but I'm also not the doctor and I'm not the one that prescribed it to you. Yeah. So please follow your prescription notes more. But from my experience, um, unless you have to, don't take it before bed because you yeah. may not be sleeping. I'm supposed to take it like four times a day. Mm. And you've already been using it? I have not touched it. Oh, okay. Cause I was like, you I seem pretty just, sedate right now. You seem good. <laughs> no, I literally just picked it up before you came, but I will say I was one of those kids growing up, like in elementary school, when everybody was getting braces. Mm-hmm. I wanted braces because I loved the look of them. When they would change the colors for yeah. holidays, and I oh, always I wanted to like break my arm or break my foot because I wanted a the cast. cast. Mm-hmm. And I've only broken bones that you don't need a cast <gasps> Me for, too! like a toe or like collarbone. Little... Or yeah, like, I had a sling but no cast. I I had a third degree fracture on my tailbone. Okay, what what the fuck is degree? For fracture i've never had a fracture have a degree attached really? to it yeah what the hell yeah there's that? like different stages of like fracture. so basically had i hit a little bit harder i would have broken it oh so it was like a hairline fracture typing gotcha Correct. Okay. but it was like it was severe enough to where like there was definite pain but had i just been a little bit fucking fatter i would have broken it <laughs> because i literally like fractured it by falling down the stairs on my 17th birthday um Yes, I know. It's very I don't traumatic. think that had anything to do <clears throat> with any kind of weight. It's probably just the way you fell down. It was very embarrassing. Um, and then I had to like also, go to ow, school all day. Hurt. Oh, my God. It was the worst. I literally had to go to school just sitting on like one ass cheek. Oh, no, um, it was I was so beautiful in my gold sequin dress, my gold sequin Uggs. Like, oh, my God. What a way to turn 17. You know what it reminds me of? <clears throat> a less obvious version. Have you ever heard the movie Rookie of the Year? I have. <gasps> yeah okay so the movie have you seen it though no okay so in rookie of the year but i this owned kid, it on vhs oh my god it was so good so for those that don't know it for those that do welcome to the club best movie ever um but it's obviously a 90s movie where a kid is a huge cubs fan and he breaks his arm mm-hmm. in a specific way where he has to keep his arm like at a right oh my god uh, upward right degree angle so it, it looks like he's constantly raising his hand and his cast is like that. So he's walking around all yeah. summer like that. And then finally they take off the cast and they realize like his rotator cuff is too tight. So it makes him oh. like swing his arm really fast, right. which is what makes him like a really good pitcher. All of a sudden oh. he's in the major leagues. He's like 11 years old. But Amazing. the fact that he had to hold his arm up like he was raising his hand like all yeah. summer was just really funny. And they had this whole montage in it of all the things that that impacted him with right. like always having your arm up. It was just really funny and just really obvious. And I can just see you sitting on one ass cheek yeah. in a way, in a less obvious way like that was your rookie of the year moment oh yeah for sure so basically i wanted it no 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 superpower powerful ass cheek i just wanted everything for the aesthetics i wanted to be in the club and so the first time i got an inhaler it looked like everybody else's and even though i was sick i felt like i was the hottest fucking shit in the world (laughs) i go upstairs things that matter to us (laughs) when we're growing up man i go upstairs and i like open up my prescription thing and i pull out my inhaler this thing is so fucking ugly. It literally looks like it was made out of PVC. Yeah, they all look like that. Yeah, but no, 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 no. When I was younger, they were made blue and they looked cute. I don't know what inhalers you were looking at, but I've always thought they looked like they were just like a PVC. And like with an a pla- orange cap. Yeah, with like a plastic casing on it. That's yeah. it. 
And I was like, this is not this is not the aesthetic I signed up for. I wanted wanted the cute blue one. I also growing up I didn't know there was like medicine in it. I thought it was just like a hit of oxygen. And I'm like, that sounds nice. Like I would love a nice hit of pure 100% oxygen. Fair. But I actually wanted to circle back. Um, because Tara downplayed this fucking wedding that she went to. (laughs) She went to the coolest fucking wedding in the entire world. There was fucking dinosaurs at this wedding. There was. We went it was in a natural history museum, which I've never been to a wedding in a museum, and it was so cool and what we've a mi- fucking we've, flex number one and we've mentioned before that kristen and i love dinosaurs yeah we love them unironically and there was a baby megalodon oh my god uh not a real one but like a like a mock-up of right. like they had like the the teeth and the fossils found and stuff and like this is how big it would be and it was ginormous and it was a baby i know so scary and our table because we because that, that was like kind of hovering over the second floor and we used the first floor and that's where the tables were our floor was kind of i was like kind of directly as if those two things don't contradict each other, but um, sort of underneath it. And so every time I looked up, I could was underneath the like belly the of the megalodon. Ah! And I was like, this is so cool. Mm. It's just so funny going to weddings now as an adult. I mean, yeah. I mean, I've pretty much only gone to weddings as an adult. But to be honest, my last wedding I went to, that I'm pretty sure, it was either my cousin's wedding or my sister's. And I think the one I remember the most is my sister's. My sister right. got married in 2009 that wow yes. so long ago okay and the only time i've ever been a bridesmaid <clears throat> okay um also i was i mean i'm sorry to be this person right now but i'm going to be i was skinny as shit during her wedding i love that for you and i looked so good and i was just like oh my god i look so good <laughs> i'm never gonna look like that again <laughs> but I'm, I'm that person for a second but there was you know it was my sister's wedding so everything was like super high stakes and it right. was just like Everyone was running around. She had a million bridesmaids and then a million groomsmen. And it was just, it just seemed because, because I was like in the inner circle, yeah. I was always doing something. I couldn't really enjoy it as much as I wanted to. Um, and that was the last wedding I went to. And before that, um, I think that, well, I know I went to a couple weddings before that, but the, the other wedding that sticks out the most to me is my best friend. So mm-hmm. my best friend and I met in high school, okay. um, <laughs> when we were 15 years old, here's the funny story. And she listens to this, so you're going to love this, um, is that we met in high school. I was 15 and she was 17. Okay. We met because we had a – well, we were both in drama. I and love that. With, with theater geeks all Long the Long live theater kids. And I had transferred in. I was a sophomore, and I did drama because I wanted to meet people or whatever. And we both had a crush on the same boy. Oh, my gosh. It ended up being her ex-boyfriend from her freshman year. Okay. But everyone was friends now, and I had a big crush on him because he was in one of the fall productions, and I was in one of the fall productions. What was the fall production? Well, we, we split it that year. So it was uh, just a boys-only play and then a girls-only play. So there was a boys' play that no one gives a shit about called Among Friends. Ugh. And then, sorry, TJ, but no one gave a shit about it. And <laughs> the, real, the real star of the show was we did Steel Magnolias. Oh, amazing. There the we girls. go. And I got cast as Malin, amazing. which is the Sally Field <laughs> character in the movie. Yep. Who had to do the whole, I can run to Texas, but my daughter can't. See? So good. Obviously why I was cast. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. Even though I wanted the role of Weezer, but it's okay. And We're not holding grudges here. And anyway, both had a crush on the same boy. And what do you know? They ended up together. Amazing. And my 15-year-old heart was broken. Of course. And this is a different guy than the guy I shit my pants around, by the way. Um <laughs> And did you shit your pants around the sky? I did not. Oh, okay. I don't think so. Honestly, we've been we've been through some shit together. Maybe some literal uh, too. I don't know. Um, as far as I know, I don't think I have. But um, and so I just remember being 15 years old and sitting in like the one of the drama rooms, 
and literally crying with her and her being Aww. like, I didn't want to hurt your feelings. I'm Aww. like, I just want to stay friends. And it was like, I look back and I'm like, we were so fucking stupid. Yeah, like, this was like the biggest deal ever at the time. And it's freaking hilarious now because they got three kids. Oh my God. Her oldest is going into high school. And I'm just like, they're old enough now where they kind of know the story. And so yeah. every once in a while it'll come up and it'll be like a, oh, Auntie Tara <laughs> had a crush on dad. And I'm like, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> weird to think about right a brother to me now but like you know going to their wedding they got married pretty young they were Mm -hmm. 21 and i was 19 so that was like kind of the first my friend getting married right i feel like that was really young to experience that um but i loved that wedding um it was just so fun because it was you know my whole friend group and yeah my best friend and it was just great and it's a nice little kind of segue into a topic we have today which is about friendships because uh, my best friend's name is Sharon, and we could not be any more different in lifestyle. Like, we're a lot, right. personality-wise, we obviously jive very well. But, except that she's an Enneagram 2, and I'm an Enneagram 5. I somehow cling to Enneagram 2s, and I don't know why. Huh. I always end up with friends that are Enneagram 2s. Or 3s. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm drawn to 3s as well. Um, yeah. But she has three kids, and she teaches at school. Gorgeous. And I'm just like, don't want kids. Yep. Don't know if I want to be married. <coughs> I'm basically like living life. Of course. And we just have very, just very different lives. And because of that, we don't see each other as often as we probably want to. Right. Um, But she's still my best friend forever. Yeah. Like I love her to pieces. Like I saw her a couple weeks ago when I wasn't expecting to. And we both lost our shit. We were yeah. like, oh my God. <laughs> like, I love that. So, I mean, she's one of my favorite people in the entire world. And I love her family to death. And. Um, I still call her parents Mr. and Mrs. and their last name. I like That's I, so cute. I once called him her dad by his first name, and I'm like, that felt so goddamn yeah. weird. I'm so sorry. Um, but it's it's interesting because I don't feel like there's a lot of with the way I live my life and who I am as a person, mm-hmm. which is a very I have a very singular personality. I feel like I'm very reclusive. Yeah. I need a lot of alone time. Mm-hmm. Um I don't need to always be talking to my friends to keep up a friendship. Like I cannot right. talk to you for six months and then hit you up. And like, I will continue the conversation. Like we just spoke for sure. Um, I don't need a lot of reassurance, reassurance and friendships, like whatever. I've been friends with her since I was 15, 22 years ago. And honestly, the pandemic, the pandemic was part of this, but we've seen each other in person, like hung out maybe three times in three years. Yeah. And she lives a couple <laughs> cities away. Yeah. And it's literally because our lives don't match up in terms of schedule or priorities. Um, Well, she has a regular schedule and you don't. Exactly. Um, But (laughs) I, like I said, I would, I would die for her and her family. Of course. And I love them so much. And it's just, it's interesting how you watch and, you know, and, you know, choices, different choices people make. And I have friendships, you know, that drifted away and stuff for other reasons. Oh, yeah. Because I think I've had more friendships in adulthood drift away. Like, friendships I made when I was younger. Yeah. Not like friends I make along the way, really. But I've had friendships drift away for a variety of reasons. And then you look at the ones that don't, and you're just like, what about this makes us sick? And I'll tell you, for, for me, with my best friend, it's complete acceptance of who the other person is yeah. and what we have going on in our lives. Because I don't yeah. know anyone else in my life as forgiving, as understanding, as, like, no questions asked is my best friend is about me bailing on things. Oh, yeah. 
me getting anxiety about things, mm-hmm. me needing to spend alone time, right. me needing recharge time. She is the most like endlessly understanding person because she understands who I am. Yeah. And I'm that, that way with her, with her, whatever issues she might have, or she needs to cancel plans or yeah, things aren't working sure. out or, um, because she's got a different life than me. And honestly, I think for us, that's what's made our friendship so successful through the years and why we're still so close. Um, regardless of the fact we don't get to see each other as much as we would like. Yeah. And then with other friends, I don't know. I feel like we burn fast and bright and then burned out. Does he, yeah. do, you, do you do you have friendships like that? So here's <clears throat> this is why I wanted to bring this up because my best friend Amanda mm-hmm. and I. Number one, um, you know how like they say that saying like I never seen two pretty best friends. Oh, because like there's always one that's gonna. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm the ugly fat friend, and that's completely fine. Because God, my be fucking kidding me. My best friend is literally the hottest. You're, okay, but you're neither human. of those things. So no, whatever. But, like, next to her, like she's literally one of the hottest people well, I've I'm ever sure seen in my, my life. If my best friend was like Emrata, <clears throat> then yeah, I would also. Be yeah. Ugly so she <laughs> is whatever. so beautiful. Um, Sharon, don't hate me that I didn't say this about you. I'm so sorry. But like she, so number one. So her and I are actually both from Vegas. Uh-huh. We both um, did the Disney college program together in Florida. We worked at the same resort. Okay. We didn't meet each other. Well, we met each other and like, but we didn't really talk mm-hmm. until we were done with our college program and like moved home, like completely done all of that. We didn't like, <coughs> we didn't reconnect literally until two weeks before the pandemic happened and And session base like she was she was here in california and we just like got lunch and hung out for a little bit oh my god i literally did not know that i was gonna like become best friends with her but she's literally my left leg and my right arm like but the interesting thing is that also sounds like it's very a confusing setup but i know what you're saying like we both had best friends coming into this friendship Mm -hmm. like one singular best friend. Mm-hmm. They both, as of this current moment, mm-hmm. suck. <laughs> but they have they have potential to be redeemed. I don't see. Here's the thing. I don't know. Like my best friend drops off the face of the earth. Like just acts like I don't exist anymore. I'm withholding judgment because I do this to people when I need to recharge. But then, but then doesn't acknowledge that they need to recharge. Says like, oh. Hey, let's have a FaceTime. Mm-hmm. I call. Doesn't respond for like two, three months. Okay, I don't do that. Like, I have the just, courtesy to respond if someone reaches out. Yeah. And it, it's, but it's that kind of thing where it's like, you haven't technically been malicious to me, but it's kind of like you're wasting my time now and like, you don't really like, care about this friendship which is completely cool also in a way it's extremely it's passive passive aggressiveness but it's passive aggressive yeah there's aggressive passive aggressive and there's positive passive aggressive and she's the latter but here's the thing that like is really crazy to me mm-hmm. everything that my best my other best friend does mm-hmm. her shit best friend does the same exact time like she drops off the face of the planet too yeah literally at this um, and they come back into our lives on the same day my question is when they come back into your lives, that is weird as like, it would be like the same day around the same time, but is it, can you tell it's because something happened with them and they just want to talk about themselves or are they just kind of like fully recharged, different perspective? Oh no, it's a thousand percent. They want something out of it. Oh, okay. That sucks. It has nothing to do with us. And like, so we're now both at a situation in our life where like, 
we're still best friends. Like her and Amanda and I, we kiki, we have a great time. There's nothing like our relationship. Like we talked about it literally the other day. Like mm-hmm. we are for life. Like that's it. There's no divorce. There's no nothing. But like, <coughs> at what point do you like cut off somebody who like you loved and you trusted so much just because they're like no longer serving you and like not like how no longer serving you is not really the right word. Well, you but, know, like, you know when you know nothing. You know when you know. Because I've had to make to that decision. Table. No, I've had to make that decision. And it's like, you don't want to be an asshole because I understand that everybody's going through shit. But like, my God. I've made, I've like I said, I've had friendships that have burned really bright and yeah. burned out really fast. And um, like the point where you meet someone and they're like, oh my God, we have so much in common. We're besties. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're attached to you. And then for me and my personality, it's all good. And then I get super overwhelmed by like not having an identity anymore and just being like friends with this person and that's it. And I just get overwhelmed and I need, I I don't ghost, but yeah, I kind of did. Um, for a couple of people I did that too. Um, when when I was in my early twenties, cause I just didn't have the coping mechanisms to deal with those feelings. Yeah. And honestly, I know it really, especially one of my friends, it really hurt their feelings and they were a very nice girl. They still are as far as I know. Um, and it was, oh God, it was so awful because I was in Target and I hadn't talked to her in a couple of weeks and her family was there, but she wasn't. Her mom came up to me and she's like, yeah, I'm going to change her name, but um, yeah, Sarah's, Sarah's really been missing you. She said she was trying Aww. to get a hold of you and I felt like such shit, but I like, I was so ill-equipped yeah. to deal with those feelings of needing separation, not wanting to hurt someone's feelings, being afraid of conflict. Yeah. I was too young to know what to do with feelings like that. And I just go, I just bounced out of there. And like a year later, I wrote her a message and was just like, I am really sorry. Like when I was, you know, got together a bit better, I was just kind of like, I am so sorry. Like you do not have to be friends with me again. That's fine. We're in different life paths, but like you were such a good friend to me and I didn't know how to handle that. And that was all me and nothing to do with you. Um, and she was nice and she wrote back and everything. And I mean, I'd say we're cool, but we just don't talk to each other anymore. Like we, our lives fully diverged, but, um, (coughs) but I feel like there's a difference between just peacing out and ghosting, which I'm completely cool with. I mean, when it's a friend, you, 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 they deserve an answer. Yeah. But like, so for example, my best friend and I, him and I have been friends since 2016, So So best friend too. Yeah. Best friend number two. Okay. Um, we've been best friends for years, Mm -hmm. like to the point where when I went on my college program, Mm -hmm. he came (laughs) like we were really good friends. And then he keeps coming back. Like, I'm cool if you just peace out because I get it. Life happens. Like, and both of these friendships that Amanda and I have, Mm -hmm. they're long distance friendships. I really want to know the astrology signs of these people that are peacing out. And those things work differently. And I'm, I'm completely cool with that. Mm Mm-hmm. But then don't keep coming back. No, you should, you should, you need to stick to your decision. You know what I mean? You can't jerk people around like that. Like, because then I make time for you and I make space for you because Mm -hmm. I love you. And I think, okay, you have something going on. And like, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be friends anymore because you have something going on. Like, let's talk about it. Let's figure it out. How can I help you? Yeah. But like, my God, I'm just going around and around in a fucking hamster wheel. Like, yeah trying to make time for you but like i wouldn't make the time if you didn't reach out because i'm not doing that anymore yeah you know what i mean have you ever had the conversation where you like have you ever had to have that conversation where you're ending a friendship and i think 
I don't know. I think for our generation, like millennials, what, what year were you born? 95. So you're, you're a millennial. Yes, but I'm, you're at the tail I'm end. a cusper. Yeah, you're a cusper. Yeah. I'm like, I was 85. So I was like dead set in yeah. the middle pretty much. But I think in our generation, it's becoming more commonplace to acknowledge and talk about friendship breakups yeah. and growing apart. So my question is, I have, but have you ever had that conversation where you've had to have the friendship breakup conversation? Um, and was it fueled? And if so, was it fueled by like, I'm honestly like, I'm done. I am done with this person. This is the last draw kind of mentality. Or was it a loving place of like, this is toxic for both of us. And like, we cannot keep this up. And like, we need a break. I mean, with he- the intent, <laughs> we need a break set with the intention of a permanent one. <laughs> uh, so I have never had like one of those, like we are completely done sort of situations. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had the conversation of like, bro, I think we need to take a little bit of space um, for whatever reason, but it's never been like, I don't leave friendships like in a, in a anger sort of thing. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, you know what? This not it. Like you might piss me off and we might like have an argument about it or like have like a tense sort of discussion about it. But like, that's never going to end a friendship for me. Mm -hmm. Like if we're ending something like I'm just chill, I'm cool. Yeah. It's fine. You know, I don't know. It's weird. I've had, I've had conversations. I had a really good friend. Oh gosh, early twenties to mid twenties. Mm-hmm. I'd say she was like my best friend number two for a good amount of time. It wasn't it wasn't a burn fast and bright situation because it went on for years. Yeah. Um, and we got along really well and we had similar interests, but there was something, and I I don't want to I don't want to seem like an asshole because I'm not a perfect person either. Um, but there were instances in her personality, um, that really troubled me sometimes. And yeah. as we kind of went on, it got more and more she was a big complainer which hello i'm the queen of and that's kind yeah. of what caused us to bond i mean what what's better to bond with someone than you both hate the same shit misery loves company like, baby what up I i'm pretty so sure that's friends. how we started right yeah. i mean literally i think all my friends except for my best friend yeah I'm like i'm pretty sure i made all my friends by bitching about the same like we all hate the same person yeah. we hate the same shit that's how that's how real friendships start. and that's trauma bonding hello i i don't disagree and so that was a normal thing, but then it became really obvious that like she would never see any good in any situation. Oh. And she was one of those people that they call like an energy suck. Yep. And like it always had to be about them yeah. and how much they disliked whatever was happening. Yeah. And it wasn't said with the whole like, oh God, I have anxiety. Oh no. It was just like, oh my God, I can't believe this is just uh and yeah. it was just like it was just overwhelming negativity all the time. Mm-hmm. And there was one time and just kind of rudeness too. Like I remember one time we were walking through one of the outdoor malls here and we were having a conversation and someone approached us and just stopped us. And we were having a conversation, but who cares? Um, they stopped us and asked us where the wet seal was back when there was a wet oh seal at this gosh. place. I know. Um, and before I could answer, she looked at them. I'm not kidding. She looked at them and said, I'm sorry. Do I look like I fucking know where a wet seal would be? Oh, Ugh. my Just like God. she was Regina George in yeah. a freaking movie Ugh. about teen mean girls. I was just like, <laughs> what? I could not believe I just saw that side of That's her. That's outrageous. And so I looked at that one. I'm like, I am so sorry. It is that way. Yeah. I am so sorry. And then I ran up to my friend and I was like, what was that? And she's like, I was talking. I was having a conversation. She was like literally mad. And I was oh my like, God. That's a moment in my head. I was like. 
okay, there is, there is, this isn't just negativity. Yeah. There is like an entitlement or something yeah. aspect to her that I can't get on Something's board with. Funky. And that was the moment I was like, I need to start like, like this was, I do like, in my head, I do like a strike thing. Yeah. But I was like, okay, this is strike one. Like of this course. is like evidence that this is a toxic person. I don't want to be around. Cause to me, yes, it was a moment, but they doubled down on it when I asked about it. It yeah. wasn't like a bad moment where you're like, I just got so mad. I don't even know why. Yeah. Like, thank you for apologizing to them. It was fully like, how dare they? And I was yeah. like, okay. And there was another time we were in a car driving and some guy like cut her off mm-hmm. and she wouldn't let it go. And she was like pounding on the gas on this guy's ass, honking at him, starting shit with a total stranger. Oh my God. And I was just like, I'm, I was, that's pa- so scary. And I was a passenger in the car and I'm like, please do not do this. Please do not do this. I do not want to get involved. Nobody cares. Let's just go home. And she's yeah. like, and she wouldn't let it oh, go. Oh, no, no, no. And I was like, okay, strike two. And then <clears throat> before I even got to strike three, we had a mutual friend that stopped talking to her out of the blue. And she was really upset by it. Right. And when she investigated, the friend said, through another friend, it was like a mess. It was like a messenger pigeon, right. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> the message was basically, you're not a good person. You're not a nice person. I feel gross when I'm around you. Great. And I don't want to be your friend anymore right. and that's it and i'm just taking myself out of the situation and my first thought was god damn it that bitch beat me to it yeah and i was like how am i gonna say the same thing now back to back yeah. like i'm just like yeah. oh i was just about to do this in like a month and then like i was like and then she got she was really upset about it and really sad and then i felt bad and then she bounced back real quick to entitlement like she used it as like a no one can keep me down blah 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 and i wanted to be like a well points were made <laughs> like, yeah. maybe we should like take stock of why someone would walk away from a friendship with you yeah you know is it them or is it you um but eventually i did get to that place like probably yeah. another year later which honestly i, I hung on for year? i hung Jesus on Christ. for so long um and I eventually had that conversation and the conversation was the whole, like, we need a break with the intention of it being permanent. For sure. Um, and that was it. And like, I, I just fully said, you know what? I just really need a break and I don't feel like we're getting along and yeah. I don't feel like I'm a happy person when I'm with you. And that could be me and it could be you. I was trying to be fair to them, Yeah. but literally I knew what the problem was. Yeah. I knew what the problem was. Even like my, fr- my other friends and my mom were like, I don't like this person. I don't yeah. like who you are around them. I don't like the energy they bring into the room. Yeah. Like. So it was, um, that was a hard conversation, but that, and I was nice to them about it as nice as you can be, but of course the anxiety (laughs) of trying to end a friendship. Oh, it's the worst. You know, I haven't had like a full on breakup in my adulthood just cause I've Mm -hmm. casually dated and the, the serious (laughs) and and big old air quotes I've had has been in like high school, early college. So, um, I can't vouch for if it's worse than a romantic breakup. And I think it just depends on the relationship and the friendship, but let me, it is. Yeah. It fucking sucks to break up with a friend. Even when you're just like, I hate this person. I can't be around them because mine was definitely fueled, but I've had it. I am done. I am not doing this anymore. I've given them so many chances. I am done, done, done. And then when I talked to them, it was like, I think I just need a break. This was all through text message because I'm still a weenie sometimes when it comes to friends. Of course. Not draw the line, but like, where do you, where does being a good friend start and stop? I think in those situations, I think for me now, um, in my, you know, mid thirties, I was 37, like the 37 is like the the tail end of mid thirties. So I'm claiming it. I'm claiming it. It's mid thirties. Now in my mid thirties, um, my answer for that is like, where do you draw the line? Like, where is being a good friend? Mm -hmm. If you're in that position, the person you need to be a good friend to is yourself. 
Yeah. So it's what can you live with? What what do you want to put up with? How many friends do you have? And I don't I don't want to say that as if people aren't <laughs> valuable or anything because they are. Yeah. But if a friendship is is more draining and it's been more draining for a while and yeah, there's no sure. and there's no like severe history like you haven't known each other forever there's no pillars of strength behind it they're just a good friend yeah and you want to give them the benefit of the doubt but if it's stressing you out far more than anything else the the good friend the person you need to be a good friend to is yourself and decide when when is enough enough and not worry about them yeah and and you know you can check in with them but there's only so many times you can check in with someone and see if they change that's true and if they don't then just bounce you don't at that point you don't owe them anything especially if they're just a good friend they're not your best friend there's no like shared trauma because i feel like at this point we all have it with someone yeah um i I would just bounce i would just do the slow fade yeah it's just like i just think about it sometimes like i don't know i would just i would want somebody to be like you good and then I would absolutely want someone to tell me that. But then at the same time, I also don't want to overstep. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I was, I have a group chat that I'm, you know, I have a lot of friends in it and we were all pretty quiet yesterday. And, um, someone like checked in and was like, I don't know. Everyone's been pretty quiet today. Is everyone good? And I literally was like, Nope, <laughs> I was having a bad day. Yeah. And like that opened the floodgates, but like, there's nothing wrong with checking in. Like, yeah. it, like I said, I withdraw. So when someone was like, Hey, everyone good. I'm like, Nope. And this is why, um, and if someone said to me, yeah, I could tell because you were coming off like this and this, yeah, I would think, and I, I think I usually am, especially if we're having a conversation and this is kind of the tone of it, mm-hmm. like the way we're talking, um, I'm like, oh my God, was I coming off that way? Or yeah, I was yeah. scared. I scared I was, but you know what? I was so like self-focused in like what I was dealing with. For sure. I didn't have time to worry about how I was coming off. Yeah. Like if you can explain it and stuff like that, you realize, okay, this person is just going through it. Yeah. But if the person's like, no, I'm fine. Well, what then. and it's like oh okay this is just you all right yeah peace out <laughs> like, okay yeah um and and, and you want to get the benefit out a few times but like no i absolutely want people to check me right especially or if i post something you know that's taken the wrong way or i say a really dark joke and someone's like uh <laughs> this is kind of like worded weird I want to be, yeah. I mean, called out, yes, but I feel like it's, I want to be checked. I feel like it's better to say checked than called out. Yeah. Because they're checking in that, like, did you mean it this way? Or it comes off like this? Or, but you know what? I've had some friends where they've posted some things that I have just been like, I know they don't realize this, but yeah. the implications are terrible. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I do go in hard and I apologize for being that person, but like, I will roll into their DMs and I'll be like, what the fuck is this supposed to be? Oh yeah. And they'll be like, what do you mean? And I'm like, yeah. uh, it pretty like, Im- like it's pretty implicit with what it's saying about this and this and this. Yeah. And they'll be like, oh, I didn't mean that. I'll delete it. And I'm like, okay, you better. Like, I'm just yeah. like, I come in pretty hard about certain things. Yeah, for sure. Um, like I said, confrontation, I get it. Um, but, and if someone came at me like that, I'd probably be like, oh, great. Oh God. But, um, I would, I don't know. I think it all depends in the tone it's brought because if it's, it's, if you guys are kind of, if there's some passive aggressive issues going on Mm -hmm. and things are already weird and you haven't talked about the overall mood of the friendship yeah, and then it comes up like, Hey, how you been without resolving it? It'll seem antagonistic. That's fair. Because the other shit hasn't been resolved. Yeah. Um, so I feel like it, it. it's so, I mean, with friends and relationship, it has, it's so contextual, but like, 
it really can, it really depends on a place it's coming from and like what's going on in your friendship. Because like I said, if things are weird, if there's passive aggressive stuff, if you both know you need to talk about something and then they say, you good. It's like, what do you mean? Am I good? Are you good? Like I said, I'm very fearful of bringing up things between friends. Yeah. Um, not to the point where it's an irrational fear, but what's an irrational fear for you? Um, I don't have an irrational fear because all of my fears are very fucking rational. I can't if, wait. I, got, I can't wait for you, you to list off. If you follow my little breadcrumb trail. Okay? I was going to say, I can't wait for you to list your completely rational fears that are absolutely bonkers, batshit nuts. So I have a fear of being in the ocean. And like, I'm not talking like on the beach. I can handle. No, you're talking Mariana Trench shit. I'm talking about in fucking general. Anywhere where if I were to be in the water, my feet would not touch the ground. Um, or I could not get out quickly. Mm-hmm. So imagine this. <coughs> You're on a boat. I'm with you. Okay. There's multiple scenarios in which this is terrifying. Okay. So you're either in a little kayak or can- canoe, right? Okay. You're rowing, you're vibing, you're hanging out. Okay. What if a whale swims underneath you? Oh, like those beautiful National Geographic And then all of a sudden needs to come up for air. And flips you the fuck over. That's happened a couple of times. That's I think. fucking scary. Well, yeah, I have a it's I have an irrational fear of the ocean. Um, so first of all, I also found a statistic that eighty percent, eighty percent of the ocean is undiscovered. Oh shit, Jesus Christ! Like I'm, a, I'm, I'm a space person. I fucking love NASA. I love the cosmos. So sorry, but mm-hmm. did you see that the rumor for the next Met Gala is space? The next what? Met Gala theme is space. <gasps> Shut the fuck it's up. It's a rumor. Well, they better because they're about to launch the first uh, moon mission they have in yeah. forever. Sorry, I just needed to tell you that. Oh but my continue. God, fashion and space. I know, and Met, I know, I know. Okay, sorry, continue. I'm like having a reaction like we're at lobster pasta again. I know. Um. So, but the ocean That's is so kind of like scary. our own cosmos in a way to have so much of it undiscovered. And then we think of all these like prehistoric things that oh no one has God. seen in forever. And I'm like, you know, they're still down there. Oh yeah. Like prove it. Prove to me there's not a megalodon. Oh, there's a fucking megalodon. I know it. But did you see a couple years ago that fucking black anglerfish that yeah. washed up in Newport? Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not supposed to see that shit. That shit's supposed to be down there. That's why they have the little light. They're supposed to be down <laughs> there. There was a couple of years ago that there was, and I was like, I, it felt like the beginning of a disaster movie and then nothing happened. But do you want know to oarfish is? I believe so, yeah. They're super long. They can get to 25 feet long. They basically look like gigantic fucking eels but they're not eels they're mm-hmm. fish technically they're called oarfish because they look like a fucking oar except they're mm-hmm. like they can get up to 25 feet long right they start washing up and like beaching themselves and they're deep sea fucking fish yeah um on beaches all along like the coast of southern california mexico uh-uh. i think there's one in the bahamas no man wash up on catalina mm-hmm. and everyone's like why are all these fucking oarfish specifically oarfish right um, oh my god i remember this yeah beaching up and i was yeah. just like okay this legit feels like the start of a disaster yeah. movie and then nothing else happened but i really want to know what caused it and i kind of want to look back and see if scientists ever figured it out because if i was a marine biologist i'd be like hmm seems like something i would like to <coughs> solve nancy drew the shit out of that i know um but no i'm with you the ocean is very scary um my thing about the ocean is I also don't like things that I can't see and it's so, and it's so big and the creatures in it can be so big. Yeah. I've gone whale watching though when I was in Iceland and honestly like, no, but the thing is the only whales that were up there were blue whales and um, humpbacks. Mm-hmm. And both of those whales 
are some of those gentle whales. Oh yeah, ever. And we unfortunately we didn't see. A, I really wanted to see a blue whale since it's like the biggest whale. Of course, they're fucking I really, massive. I know. I wanted to see one so bad. But we didn't get a blue whale. But we got plenty of humpbacks. Um, I got a great shot of one, and it's just so fun going whale watching because the way they spot them is from the spout. So they'll have like this and they're looking for the air spout. Right. And they're just like, go. And they go after the air spout or whatever. And these fuckers are so slow. Not the boat people, the fucking whales. Oh, yeah. Like they take forever once to get (laughs) air and watching them dive back under. Yeah. And then flip their tail up. I'm like, this is like a 30 second thing for you why are you so goddamn slow but it's probably because they're not predators because i mean they krill they're not really predators and they're not prey they're just like i'm just vibing like and also i mean it probably takes a long time to move all that that's a lot of blubber yeah have you ever seen the movie life of life of pi no because the idea of being stuck on a um boat in the middle ocean Mm -hmm. was too anxiety inducing for me so if you ever want to like test yourself there's a scene where they go overboard. Okay. And this is what gave me my fear of the ocean. Okay. They saw it in theaters. Oh, I have a movie for you to, to double down on, but. So they they pretty much like capsize to go in the water. Okay. And he's in like a little rowboat type yeah. shit, right? Okay. And you just see all these animals and how big they are and how small you are. And like, that's literally just what's on the screen. That's yeah. not literally if you are in the ocean. And then. I, you know, we grow up, we go on, whatever. And then you see the black anglerfish in Newport. You see the oarfish. And then all of a sudden, you have these psychopaths. <laughs> Bless you. I'm you good. have these fucking psychopaths on TikTok literally videoing themselves on a raft in the middle of the ocean with no way to get out. And I'm like, what the fuck are you going to do if a shark comes up and bites your fucking raft? I've had a, uh, the one time I tried to go surfing. It's so scary. The one time I tried to go surfing, <laughs> I was in Hawaii and I was terrible at it. I am terrible at water sports. Never been able to stand up on a, on a, on a wakeboard. Never been able to stand up on a surfboard. Not even stand up on it. So I just sat out there like a blob bouncing on <laughs> my ass on the surfboard, just kind of vibing. And I feel this like, boom hit me under my surfboard oh hell no and i thought i hit the reef because there's a lot of reefs out in you know hawaii um and you want to say hell no but it was actually a really magical experience the thing hit me so hard and like i said i thought i hit the reef and it was a sea turtle oh that's cute okay that's allowed and he was just so swimming on by like and i literally stuck my hand out and i like patted his shell oh and he like kind of slowed down but then he kept going and i was like that was really that was really magical. That's really cute. With the spirit of Aloha. So that was a little nice kind of like creature from the sea. Yeah, I love that. Um, but I was, I mean, whenever there's reefs around the beaches in Hawaii, mm-hmm. there's not, you're not going to get sharks and shit. The reefs keep them out. But um, Bethany Hamilton found one. Sorry. I just, can I just, okay, my eight-year-old nephew knows who Bethany Hamilton was. When I was at my Soul Server movie was so good. It, I mean, it was good. I can't imagine getting my, I would have died of shock. There's no way. I see, I see blood like that, and I'm like, boop, I'm gone, I'm done, I'm out. Also, there's no fucking way you would ever get my ass back in that water. Oh, I know. I would have such major trust issues. No, absolutely fucking not. I mean, granted, I'm sure the likelihood of getting bitten by a shark twice is very unlikely. I'm mm-hmm. not fucking, I uh, know. I'm not, no. Mm-mm. I Absolutely. don't know. I've seen Legends of the Fall, and Brad Pitt's character had a vendetta with this one bear the entire movie, and the bear ended up coming back to eat him at the very end. Mm. Uh, spoiler for a movie that came out in 94, I guess. But um, <laughs> And that was, like, a huge thing. So I actually, if I was, like, bitten by a shark, I'd be scared that he'd, like, I'd constantly be his white whale. 
Like, he's constantly looking to finish the job. Like, unless the shark is dead, which I don't know that part of her story. Maybe they killed the shark. They I did. Know they it. hung it up. Oh, they did? Yeah. Oh, that seems very... Yeah, I know. ...severe for someone it, just being himself themself. in nature. Yeah, but just, okay. He, um, he only took the arm. I know. Like, <laughs> just a little like, smash. We're defending the shark. No, I was going like, literally not nature. us. I know, not literally. us defending the shark and the Bethany Justice Hamilton. Justice for the shark that... I'm sorry, one of you lost their life and one of you didn't. So <laughs> she's fine. She's married with kids. She's fine. She's doing she's fine. She's also stunning. And she's rich. She's fine. And she can fucking, I'm sorry, she can manage. I'm with very one sorry. Arm. I mean, I wouldn't trade, I'm sure she wouldn't trade it to have her arm bitten off if it was her choice. Right. But like I said, one of you lived and one of you didn't. But also, she's like, she can function. Like, I'm sorry, if I. That's a testament to her, though, because I honestly would be yeah. so overcome with like, there's no point. Yeah. Oh, I'd be like a basket of negativity about it. Oh, I would be so dramatic. And like, God forbid it took like my dominant side. If I'm left to do anything with my left, oh, I same. The only thing I can do is snap. I might as well have a driver, a chef, somebody to dress me. I, I, that's, I why, that's, that's why you write a book about the experience to make sure you can get all of that. I'll have to tell somebody because I'm, I can't type with this. I can't write with this. True. It's useless. It all it literally does is help me hold shit yeah. and balance me. You know what else I don't like about the ocean is is this this is I've always known has scared me is structures underwater, oh. especially structures that shouldn't be there. But like oil rigs and stuff, uh -huh. like the, or like the pillars on the pier. Yeah, like how that should get there. Yeah, I just don't like seeing it under the water. Yeah. I don't like seeing man-made stuff in the ocean. Sunken ships scare the shit out of me. Like the Titanic. Yeah, I would never go see the Titanic. Oh, I want to do so. But I mean, I'll look so at the photos down. and stuff. Oh my God, it's so far down. It's so yeah. far down. Yeah. And I can't believe we even ever fucking found it. It's so far down. Well, and the scary thing is, is the Titanic was fucking huge. Yeah. And you would never, looking out at the ocean. And it broke in two, so. But like looking at the ocean, you would have no idea. Because it's literally that big. Are, do you mean like you would have no idea where it was in general? Or like you would have no idea it was there if you didn't know about the Titanic? You have no idea that it's even there. Well, yeah, well, they knew they knew the coordinates from where they saw. No, sunk. no, no. I'm saying, like, you as a human. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. Wait, 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 what's the context of this? Like, you could saying? literally be on a boat sailing around. Literally and there's deep. something huge underneath, underneath you. Yes, yes, that scares the shit out of me. I have an irrational fear of avocados. <laughs> I like how you said none of your fears were irrational. And then you said avocados. Okay, yeah. elaborate. Um, Number one. The texture. Ew. Just ew. The whole thing. I hate it all. You hate the texture? Oh, I hate... I I will... Have you had a good avocado, though? I have not had a single avocado in my entire life. Then how the fuck do you know about the texture? I can see it with my eyes. You can't... That's not the same thing. Oh, it is. It is. Um, Says me who won't eat a grape because of the texture. <laughs> <laughs> um, so absolutely not under no circumstances. However, um, I do have this really sick dream of like wanting to make guacamole but i cannot bring myself to oh god get... what a sick dream but like i cannot I bring myself to get myself to fizz no i can't no so um, we went to el torito that time and i ordered table side guacamole were you sweating a little bit oh i'm so sorry but, <laughs> no because it's fine because it didn't get anywhere like near near me and also how the fuck would i know that the person i'm with has an irrational fear of avocados because also too if you think about it right like, what if it gets underneath your nail? Then it's going to feel like soap underneath your nail. Oh, have you seen some girls with their acrylics after eating guacamole? 
I no. you know how fast avocado browns from being oxygenated. <sighs> it looks like they literally wiped their ass with their nails. It is disgusting. Avocado is the reason I will not get acrylics fully. You don't have to worry because you don't eat it. Yeah, but I love avocado, and it's like the oh. seriously the sole reason I will not like have fake nails. Um, and it's about you wash and wash and wash, but it's like there's always a yes, little bit. Yep. Just, oh, so annoying. But um, my irrational fear, which I didn't even know was a goddamn thing until the friend that i broke up with mm-hmm. <laughs> that i talked about her sister heard me talking about it and she's like oh you have this phobia or whatever so all my life i've been i've always said just really uncomfortable i've always been really uncomfortable with like seed pods and like i don't know certain like centers of like the center of sunflowers freak oh, me the oh, fuck oh. out okay and like it just it just has made me really viscerally uncomfortable fair I get the same feeling when I watch Who Framed Roger Rabbit and I see like Baby Herman. Like it just makes me uncomfortable for like an unrelated Roger, reason. Roger Rabbit's just a weird movie. It totally is. But there's something about like a cluster, especially in nature, of like these holes or clusters of little things and seeds. And it makes me really uncomfortable. In fact, one of my most hated words is pod. So the fact that I'm able to have a podcast okay. and say pod so much is a miracle. That's so interesting. I hate it. And I was talking to a friend because there's some things that bug me and don't like, like snow peas and stuff, snappies. Mm-hmm. That doesn't bug me. When you open up and you see this, that doesn't bug me. Is but it maybe like because it's concealed? No, that that's a worse. But if you Google lotus seed pod, that is the stuff of my nightmares. That is the genesis of the image of what about that freaks me out. Um, I don't like things popping up out of holes. I don't like things blooming out of holes. It's fucking weird. And it's like weirdly sexual and it like grosses Ah! me out. And it also, also, maybe this is why I don't want kids. Makes me think about my own reproductive system Fair. and like ovaries, and I'm just like, I just have two fucking egg sacs. That's disgusting. That I want to like gut out like my reproductive system. Yeah. Like, I did not choose to have egg sacs. Thank you. Yeah. Bye bye. Um. So I don't like that. And I was talking not about the ovaries, but about everything else. And her sister walks by and goes, "Oh, you have trypophobia." And I go, "I have what a phobia?" And she goes, "You have trypophobia," which I feel like a lot of people have identified now, but that was the first time I ever heard it. And I'm like. This is a th- like this is a thing like a documented yeah. thing. I'm not just like a fucking weirdo who wants to bleach their brain every time, <coughs> like they have to see the inside of a pomegranate. Um, to be fair, that's fucking creepy. It's so creepy. It's not like I don't think something's gonna jump out and kill me. It's not yeah. like that kind of irrational fear. I have like I get itchy mm-hmm. and like I just want to like unzip my skin. Yeah, and then my ethereal floating bean that comes out, I want to douse that in bleach. Of course. That's my solution for how that makes me feel. How, I did, want, ugh. how did you feel about like, I mean, I don't know if your parents had this or maybe my parents are just literally dinosaurs, mm-hmm. but did your parents ever have like potpourri around? Yeah. And a lot did of that the, should ever freak you out. Yeah. Cause a lot of the in, yeah. in potpourri is the lotus seed pods. That's what that is. Yeah. With like the little bulbs that look kind of like garlicky kind of but like before um, it like you they're kind of like flat thick things with like little holes in them they kind of look like really big honeycombs okay but here's the thing honeycombs which seem like they should be right in there mm-hmm. honeycombs don't freak me out i think honeycombs are soothing like watching people cut honeycombs and watching like the honey ooze i think that's really soothing so it's very weird i have trypophobia mm-hmm. but some things like strawberries i can look at strawberries strawberries don't bug mm-hmm. me and the little seeds are all over it that doesn't bug me yeah there, there there's something about certain things with it bug me and then some things don't and i don't really have a say in what bothers me and what doesn't but i don't like that and something else i don't like and this is the only movie i have ever had like a full panic attack in and was like 
I, I need to like leave. Mm-hmm. This is before I was on medication for panic attacks. So there was like, it was, I was white I was free balling it. I was right. raw dogging anxiety. And me and my friends went and saw The Descent. You know what The Descent is? Nope. So it's a horror movie. And actually, when you take <laughs> out the part that freaked me the fuck out, it's a really well done horror movie. Has it, There's all this subtext, with, as all good horror does, subtext with relationships and trauma and all of this stuff. But basically, it's a bunch of girls who could go cliff diving. Not cliff diving, sorry. Cave diving. Okay. Cave diving. And they go to this, you know, they say explored. Then they find out halfway through that it's a completely unexplored cavern. It's not mapped or anything. And one girl that planned the trip lied to them because <gasps> she thought it'd be a fun bonding experience Hell to, no. to write the map and discover it together. That's yeah, that sounds genius. But there are so many scenes of them literally getting stuck in crevices uh, uh, no. and not being able to move and they have to like talk them down because they're freaking out right and there's like you're fine you're fine you're fine i'm like but i'm fucking fine yeah. like and i'm sitting there and whoever i forget what director was but whoever filmed it did a really good job because you absolutely felt trapped with them yeah and it was awful and that's not even the real horror part because they get down to the bottom of the caves and there's fucking monsters and Mm-mm. that's and that's and then they have to do the survival planning when all these like weird friend secrets came right. out like a betrayal and stuff like that and that's what it's like really about and then you get to the monsters later but i could i don't watch the monsters eat their faces off i don't give a shit yeah it was the stuff when they were yes. stuck in the oh, yeah that, so mm. i did not know that i had a fear of being stuck in a cave mm-hmm. until about a year ago on tiktok and mm-hmm. i saw people doing it and they uh, had talked about people who had like died doing it. Oh, lots of people. And I know. just heard these stories and like literally the thought of like, or like <clears throat> watching people have to like suck in super hard just to fit through something. Mm-hmm. Like, bitch, you have to come back out. Like, no. Uh uh-uh. uh. Nope. No way. No how. Not so a chance in hell. We were talking about this briefly. Considering what I'm scared of, I can't believe I got through this movie. But to be honest, it's shot in a way where it should it shouldn't upset you too much. So there's a Ron Howard movie that just came out oh on Amazon. God. And Chris didn't know who Ron Howard was when we were talking about this. To be fair, the only movie I've ever seen of the ones that you sent me mm-hmm. was The Grinch. The Grinch is a fantastic fucking movie. Yeah, but I would never know it was Ron Howard. True, true. I mean, I'm, a top three movie of all time for me is Apollo <laughs> 13. So, like, Ron, I love Ron Howard. But they just had a movie that's done by Amazon studio. So it's on Amazon prime right now. It's called uh, 13 lives. It's about the 13, the 12 boys and their assistant coach from the Thai soccer team who were stuck in those caverns in Thailand in 2018. Mm-hmm. They were two and a half fucking miles into the goddamn mountain. Like, how do you even walk that far before yeah. they were trapped in there? And it was a whole thing. And I, re- I remember this saga when it was happening, but it's, it's about, and it's a really well done film and it's all about them getting rescued. And it has a lot of scenes of them, but, but they do it. I was able to get through it and considering mm-hmm. I had a bounce, I literally had a panic attack during the descent because the point isn't to freak you out. Yeah. Um, it's really, it's more to show the capability of these rescue divers, but I mean, one, one rescue diver died. That's one, so one rescue diver died. Um, another guy died a little bit later from a blood infection he got when he cut himself down there in the caverns. But, I, and then they were doing a rescue of one, they were doing a rescue from one of the other rescue people who freaked the fuck out and got trapped. Mm-hmm. And when they were trying to get him out, he freaked the fuck out, banged his head on a rock, almost drowned his rescuers, like all this stuff. So I'm watching this and I guess there's stuff about this movie and the story I didn't know. Spoilers, by the way, if you're going to watch this and don't know every facet of this story, but I have to say this because it's absolutely insane that this actually happened. But 
And I'm thinking while I'm watching it, I remember they they swam those kids out all yeah. of them, two and a half miles in those caves where they have to. I think the the smallest one was like twelve inches by oh something. God. Like they had like they had to be less than twelve inches yeah. wide. Um, how did if if grown men if rescue divers are freaking the fuck out and almost drowning their rescuers? How are they gonna get kids yeah. out? You know how they did it? No, oh. they fucking drugged them. Smart. I mean, they were out out. They Great. gave them ketamine. Xanax, hell and yeah, atropine to stop them, th- stop saliva production, so they wouldn't drown in their saliva. Right. But like, and they didn't tell, they didn't tell them, they didn't tell the parents. Gorgeous, because like, doesn't matter. I know, but I was just like, that's the and, and watching this movie, they were like, there's, they find the kids and they're like, yay, we found them. And one of the divers is like, this is why we didn't want to announce we found them because now we have to announce that they're all gonna die because there's no fucking way we can get those kids out alive. Oh, like so they didn't get out. No, they did. Oh. Because they drugged them, but before they got to that place, that's right. nuts to think. Hey, mm-hmm. let's give every single person ketamine. Hell like they're yeah. going into surgery. I mean, these people were out, out, yeah. and then they had to teach the rescue divers how to administer it along the way because the shots only got them like an hour or two hours in, and that was a seven-hour oh, rescue through those little caverns and submerged underwater and little tight Ugh. spaces and. And I'm just like, and they always had to keep checking to make sure that their little masks were still airtight because yeah. they could drown. And when you think about this, and I'm just like, they did what? I love that you're like, beautiful. And I'm just sitting there, when, they, when I saw this in the movie, I'm like, they fucking drugged them? They're alive, though. They you are, know what they, I mean? Every single one. Like, every single one. And it, they never done it before. And they had it. I don't even know how you find someone that can do this. But one of the rescue divers was an anesthesiologist. Go fucking figure. And they amazing. actually they actually called him in to do it without telling him why they were calling. He's like, yeah, I'm surprised you called me. There's a lot more qualified guys. And they're like, well, you have a skill set that yeah. some of us do not have. These kids. Yeah. And he was like, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I took an oath to do no harm. Those kids are going to die if we do that. There's too many variables. They're going to die anyways. And that's, that's exactly what the argument ended up being was that they're gonna die either way so yeah um and then every every single one ended up surviving beautiful and they actually made it through pretty well yeah every time they checked them like no he's doing good they're doing good like it was to me to me having to drug someone with operating room anesthesia Mm -hmm. and on top of it on top to kids that are malnourished who haven't eaten in two weeks yeah all of these things they haven't had enough oxygen because the cave is low oxygen. Yeah. All of these factors, you don't have monitors to check how they're receiving the drugs. You in the dark, underwater, all of this shit. And I'm just like, how did this work? And not just how did it work? How did it work for 13 people? Right. That's fucking crazy. And that's nuts. You all should watch the movie. It's crazy. Like I said, I gave you a spoiler alert if you didn't know the whole story. But like one of my um massive Hollywood crushes is in it. So definitely watch it. He plays the anesthesiologist. <laughs> you want to know who it is? Who is it? Joel Edgerton. Who's that? Oh my God. I love Joel Edgerton. Um, I'll show you a picture after okay. this. He's an Australian actor. Okay. Oh, he's he's also a director and a writer. Oh, wow. Um, He's just very sexy to me. I don't know what it is. His face is not usually a face I would find attractive. He's not unattractive. He's just usually not my type. But there's something about the way he carries himself. I don't know. Yeah. I love Joel Edgerton. Um, but it's a really well done movie. And since Apollo 13 is my favorite movie, I'm like, man, just keep giving Ron Howard these like disaster movies yeah. where people only survive with a 0.001% chance of surviving and then only do through the sheer ingenuity and like teamwork of like men and women, <laughs> but like men in like the sense of like human nature, men, but like yeah. a people. 
And I'm like, I love those movies. Keep feeding Ron, Ron Howard. You can feed me this stuff all day. I love these movies you make. But it's really good. But also caves suck and they're terrifying. Tight spaces. Mm-mm. I remember I – so, like, number one, absolutely fucking drug the kids. Like, it's literally, like – how else would you do it? They, they zip-tied their hands. They zip-tied their feet. Yeah. And the kids, the other kids were, and they zip-tied them and everything before they drugged them because they had to get their arms over their yeah. head. They tied ropes around their waist to their rescue, yeah. all this stuff. And I'm just like, I would be freaking the fuck out if you were zip-tying my hands and I didn't know you were going to drug me. Yeah, but also too, I mean, like, so I heard the story um, of somebody, I believe it was in Utah. It was literally like thanksgiving or something like that mm-hmm. they were gonna <coughs> announce to their family that they were expecting their second kid or something like mm-hmm. that sky goes caving and he's head down mm-hmm. which you're never supposed to do and the cave wasn't mapped well and instead of going to the right he went to the left or something like that mm-hmm. and he got stuck but he then like he started to panic yeah and that's what screws you he ended up dying yeah the second and like i would so much rather drug the kids who are gonna die anyways and if i'm gonna die i'm gonna be asleep i'm not gonna know yeah, right they're not gonna be panicked if they die but right? i just kept thinking they're they're on that ledge and it's just like the whole time they're thinking because they have really no concept for how serious it is or what's going on in the outside world yeah. they have no concept so they're just kind of like oh are we just we can just swim out when can we swim out and they have they, they have no idea that the only people that can get to them are like four people in the entire world that are yeah. like skilled enough to get to them um but also too if i'm a kid and i have an adult telling me to do something great true i'll believe you no that's true that's a big portion of it that's a huge portion of it actually that's very true but like it's almost kind of like those movies were like your type it's like well those movies were like you know it's like jump out of the plane or don't the plane mm-hmm. is crashing you got to jump out with a parachute yeah. and you're just kind of like okay either way this there's there's no good option there's Correct. no good option i hate scenarios like that but then i love them because i love no win scenarios and i bring this up because i've mentioned it to you too before that i love talking about and this is the only one i have recently um and i'm this is my big plea to listeners I love no win scenarios. I love the shoot the hostage scenarios for people who have seen speed and they're doing the pop quiz hotshot and the answer is shoot the hostage. I love unwinnable scenarios or Sophie's choices or something where like you always pick some, there's no right choice. You're going to lose either way. And someone figures out a way to do it. Like someone figures out a third option. No one thought of, or I just kind of, I like to know where people's moral lines are like, okay, if you you can't win either way, why, which one would you choose and why that stuff fascinates me. So if you have any of those instances, you've also thought about or something happened in your life, please write in to way too honest podcast at gmail.com because I would love to read those. Those are my favorite thing all day. But I felt like this movie was a really good example of that because drugging the kids was just like, you're going to kill them if you drug them. And it's like, they're going to die anyway. It's like, but do you yeah. understand if we drug them, then There's we're liable. But no, but then we're liable for their death. Then we killed them. There's a difference. Like they, they made a mistake. They went into the caves. That fucking sucks. We did everything to get them out and we could not. That is nature. That is, you know, acts of God. We failed and it's tragic, but that's the way it is. If we drug them and try and get them out and us tr- human intervention is actually what kills them then we got a whole other problem yeah but i also think it's like ethics too yeah and that's why eventually the doctor who was so opposed to it i took an oath he was just kind of like (coughs) there really is no other way yeah and time's running out that cave's gonna fill up well it's, it's also like kind of like the whole like death with dignity sort of thing like 
Oh, you just brought up a really good show that you don't know you did. Like, if, like, I know how I feel about death, right? Mm. Imagine telling little kids. Yeah. Like, who. Well, you're better than me because I do not know how I feel about uh, death. Who will eventually. I'm fucking scared of it. Oh, I'm terrified of it. If literally there was a way for me to live forever, I would do it. Um, but. I don't want to be here when the sun explodes, but. If there was. Yeah, but think about how much fun you would have until that happened. Um, you could always. Yeah. Like, if there was a way to, like, give somebody any sort of peace about something so final, about something that I am so afraid of. Yeah. I would fucking take that in a heartbeat, especially well, if it's going to happen. Not to revisit this because it's sad, but, I mean, this is why we do it for pets. Yeah. That's why we do it for pets. So, for, I mean, it makes yeah. sense. But you brought up the Death of the Dignity thing, and there's a new show that's on Apple TV that is so good. And if you know about the story... You're going to want to watch it. If you don't know about the story, you will be horrified. And it's more of a reflection. I think the show is trying to be non-judgmental about the choices that were made. And I will tell you what this is. But it's more of a reflection on how badly government systems and the system failed us. Mm -hmm. So it's called Five Days at Memorial. And Memorial is a hospital in New Orleans that was flooded by Hurricane Katrina. Oh, shit. So, and things went wrong. They went as wrong as wrong could fucking go. Yeah. These people had, it was 90 degrees, humid as shit. Yep. Post hurricane, they had no power. They had no generators. Yep. They had no air conditioning. They had no water. They had no food. They had to evacuate. And when you see like the, how they had to evacuate, I mean, the elevators weren't working. Right. This is a seven story building. You have, you have patients that are non-ambulatory and then you have to yeah. take them up like three more stories to get them to a helipad. By the way, the helipad that hasn't been used in 30 years and might not even support a helicopter. Like, it goes on and on and on and on. Right. And eventually, it ends up, and it starts like this, but basically, after it all happened, because Katrina happened, and then then the shit, then the levees broke. <coughs> so all the really bad shit happened when the levees broke. Right. And after, they had fi after the five days had passed and, you know, the appropriate agencies came and looked, they found 45 dead bodies in the hospital. Mm. I think some of them, I haven't gotten too far in the story, but some of them passed on their own. But the whole thing is, and this was a huge thing in the news. I wasn't aware of it at the time, but they euthanized patients. They euthanized patients without their consent because they could not evacuate them. And they targeted the most critically ill. And I mean, it was, it was, it was a triage moment, not unlike yeah. what we did with COVID when things were really right, bad. Yeah. And the thing is, there's a lot of, I don't want to say fat phobia because I think they were looking at the logistics. Right. But unfortunately, a lot of overweight patients, like a diabetic patient who was a paraplegic and was like over 350 pounds, how are they going to evacuate? It's much right. harder to evacuate someone. And then you have right. malnourished, overworked, overheated nurses trying to take him up. Yep. And so it was like the choices they made on yeah. who they euthanized that were problematic and like why. And then the show, it's just, it's trying to put you in the space of like, they do no harm. Correct. But like, at, where's everyone's moral line? I can yeah. guarantee you the doctor who was charged with murder and not was not uh, deemed to be at fault. Um, but the doctor fully believes that she was doing everything in her power to give everyone dignity in that hospital in the most yeah. undignified of circumstances. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, I believe her. I don't know what I would do. Right. And the thing is, that's the thing. You don't know what you would do until yeah. you are in a survival situation. Yeah. And you're responsible for the survival mm -hmm. of others. Yep. Because we saw it with COVID. We saw it in Italy. We saw it here. We saw it in Texas. We saw it in Seattle. We yeah. saw it in New York. I'm People... sure we'll see it again. Oh, yeah. With monkeypox or and something. And that scared the shit out of me. Yeah. People having to triage 
the healthiest <laughs> like let's take the people that are more likely to live yeah or like in la when they wouldn't put you in an ambulance unless they were certain you would survive yep that was that was around christmas time that was scary that was scary so shit. scary that was so scary actually that during the holidays there was a brief time where i told my mom i didn't want to come over for the holidays because i didn't want anyone on the road because yeah. if one of us got into a car accident i was scared there'd be no hospital that could treat yeah. us yeah or no ambulance that could come and get us it's so scary and like not to get political, but I'm going to get a little bit, a little hey, bit. Well, political. Fight is all about the fail, how the government failed like in their response. So, I mean, I, I touched on earlier, like how very little I go to the doctor. Yeah. And like, I'll be honest with you. I don't pay for my health insurance because it's expensive mm-hmm. and my dad is nice enough to pay for it for me. I have private. <clears throat> I would want, if my, if my like, parents offered to pay for mine, I would 100% say yes too. But like, I am so fortunate that my dad was a, like, is able to very comfortably afford my health insurance and yeah. never says anything doesn't care if yeah. i use it or not but it was so fucking nice yeah to be able to go on my phone book an appointment and then like get like affordable medicine oh yeah and like i like it just like obviously i've always felt that like healthcare is like a basic human right but yeah. like it really did just like solidify for me especially like we work with people who don't have health insurance. Yeah. I think everyone and works with people because at, at every stage, people cannot afford health insurance. Yeah. And I remember talking to somebody we used to work with mm-hmm. and she needed a doctor's note for work because yeah. she had gotten COVID or whatever. But and she couldn't possibly get a doctor's note because she didn't have health insurance. So she had to pay out of pocket for she a fucking did, note. She had to pay $150 for a teledoc to, for a teledoc to write her a note. And I was like, thank God she had the hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. Because Well, she she lost double pay too. <coughs> She's not getting income from not being at work. Yeah. And then she also had to pay to get the note. Yeah. It's so unfair that that is not factored in when you're talking about attendance policies and things like that. Well, yeah, but like it's just it just like re instilled in me like how crazy like life is and like all real like quite honestly, all that matters is like your health. Like it yeah. doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank account doesn't matter you know what kind of car you drive what kind of house you have Mm -hmm. you know how many kids you have what you're wearing doesn't fucking matter you need to take care of yourself yeah and like and it's awful for people who don't have the chance to do that yeah and it's Mm -hmm. so fucking shitty that you are priced out or you have to have like for example you and i want the monkeypox vaccine heck yeah i was talking to story and only fans just to get one but we're we don't qualify for it right now and we understand that it's like a supply Mm -hmm. thing yeah but like we want it yeah you know and like there's always like with covid there's the debate about vaccines and whether they work or not like i don't give a shit i fucking want it i know there's a debate but can i just and i don't want to get political a bitch i'm immunocompromised yeah i get everything a five mile raise me i've had three shots that moderna i have never gotten covid and i it is a miracle yep because i can easily get covid even being vaccinated oh, for sure and I, we're not gonna talk about where we work or anything like that but like I mean, it's it's a it's a high traffic area and like yeah. i just uh there's i'm sorry vaccines fucking work for yeah. the science you, for even sure. if i got covid five times by now i still say vaccines work because i didn't die from it yeah. it's not supposed to prevent you from getting covid even though i've been very lucky yes um but i'm not worried i'm gonna die if i get yeah. it yeah and it's like i am just so thankful that i have health insurance and that i was able <coughs> To literally me getting bronchitis only cost me sixteen dollars. I know. I'm, with the so exception lucky. of the money that I lost 
calling out of work. Yeah. Which is honestly. I can tell you that my, my torn calf muscle, it yeah. costs a lot more than that because my health insurance is not as good as yours. But it's, it is what it is. And it yeah. is very, very frustrating. And it's like, beyond frustrating. I don't get the healthcare system in this country. It's, it's clearly crazy. all driven by money. And it's just like. And I, I read this tweet recently and like, we don't like to get too political and this isn't that political. This is supposed to kind of bridge the divide here is that personally, I'm not going to get into it too deeply. I think I'm a radical. I am very liberal. Um, and that's where my personal stance is. And then the tweet was basically about, I come off cynical. I come off radical. I have hardcore beliefs. I sometimes get into fights, but and that and I seem like a very hard person, mm -hmm. but the core of it is that I'm actually a very soft person. Cause this all comes from a place of just wanting everyone, regardless yeah. of anything to be okay. Yeah. And that's exactly what it is. Yeah. You just want everyone to have equitable chances to be okay. Well, People yeah. can make their choices, but like they deserve the chance. Yeah, absolutely. To, to have a healthy life. I feel like that's a good way to get into the segment that we want to start introducing, which is the affirmations and goals. Oh, yeah. We want to start doing this. We think it's a good note. And honestly, it was brought up to us. And we really like it. So we and we kind of have our own personal journeys. Yeah. That we're on right now in different parts of our lives. And we think this is a really healthy, positive way to end it. So um, we're trying to introduce this segment. And uh, I, li I like the idea of it because I, yeah. I like uplifting goals and I like caring about what your goals I think are. It might be like a biweekly sort of like check in. Yeah, we'll see. Because you, know, yeah. you don't know what you're doing on a weekly basis. I mean, weeks aren't yeah. that long. Like, you got to give me time to fuck up and then get back on track. For sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's a fucking roller coaster. Mm -hmm. So um, let's talk about you. What are your, maybe not your whole journey, because I feel like we're, we're running really long on time, but <coughs> um, like, where are you at? What are your goals? What are your affirmations for yourself? What are you telling yourself to get through it? So I'm going to try this thing where I, I set like short-term goals. That's the way to go. Because I feel like, Right now, where I'm at in this particular, like, week and whole sort of, like, the dog just three months, sorry, guys, uh, like, where I'm at in this, like, session of my life is my next, like, two weeks, almost three weeks, I would say, are really fucking busy. Oh, yeah. Um, That's always anxiety-inducing, knowing that's coming. Yeah. So, it's like, so, right now, my brain is working, okay. So tomorrow I go to work and then I have a convention for two days and then I have one day off and then I have a period of time where I'm working for three days and then we go to Vegas and then when we come back from, from, uh, for, from Vegas, then I work for three days, maybe four days and then I have another convention and then we have like maybe two and a half, three weeks until we go to Florida and New York. Like, so you're fucking busy. Yeah. And so that's kind of how my brain is functioning right now because I feel like I'm literally running a mile. <coughs> so my goal for the next two weeks is to be kinder to myself when I need to because um, I have to acknowledge the fact that I am still technically sick. I do have bronchitis. Yeah. Um, and I need to be okay it was up to me, you'd be taking a ton of time off, but I mean, oh my God, we don't God. always have the luxury. Yeah. We have to make money. So. Um, I need to be kind to myself and like in terms of if I need to rest, like I need to fucking rest, even if I literally don't want to, mm -hmm. like I need to put my ass on the couch, get a spicy book and fucking read it and shut up, like shut up, mm -hmm. sit down, shut up and relax. Um, <clears throat> but also I, so 
Ryan and I just did a massive like deep clean of the apartment. I know it doesn't mm-hmm. look like it down here, but we did. I promise. Um, cool <laughs> for you guys. Um, but it also we did such a good job of cleaning that now our, our apartment sort of looks empty. It so looks, you want to fill it back up, or I I want to make it homey, but Aww. not with like like down here or up there. Up here, because like. Our, some of our favorite stuff we moved down here yeah. like this is here like our record player is here mm-hmm. we have a big egg chair right bef- like behind the camera like all of our like really fun pieces are all down here mm-hmm. but upstairs it's there's like nothing on the walls yeah. except for my ass i did like the tiktok like canvas of like where you paint the, your butt and your legs and you sit on it um <laughs> so that's hanging up there but literally other than that like there's nothing on the walls yeah and so just making my space comfortable yeah. and like represent us yeah those are my goals for the next two weeks those are good goals yeah i'm actually gonna steal one of your goals Go i like to be kinder to yourself thing i'm yeah. i'm really hard on myself um yeah but another thing is my i just i'm very i don't like visual chaos because i've i can't turn my brain off so if i really am in a place where i'm trying to organize my thoughts or game plan make goals for myself whatever if i have visual <coughs> clutter it's really difficult for me. And the fact that my house is being renovated. Yeah. So you like a Kim K house. Oh, I would love a Kim K. I love gotcha. minimalism. But also I love maximalism. Yeah. If everything has a place. Correct. Because maximalism doesn't have to mean clutter. But I do love the Kim K house and how everything is so I also love the Chris Jenner house with her like three fridges and how organized mm-hmm. everything is. Love that. Um so I really want to organize and go kind of go through my closet and go through shit I don't use anymore and yeah. throw it away. Make more space. Make sure every – very Marie Kondo. Make sure everything has a home. Everything I own has a home and it has a place it goes. Um, just to get my brain back on track. Right. I want to clean my bathroom. I want to clean my bedroom. And my bedroom is kind of like the size of a really small studio. So it's really big for a bedroom. Um, but that means I got a lot of shit. Yeah. I, have a whole, I have a whole like – couch with a chase lounge in there oh so nice coffee table entertainment center i have a queen size bed two nightstands i mean it i mean i could rent out that room for like 1500 in orange county yeah it is a good size room but that means i got a ton of shit in there too yeah and so i i just really long story short i want to have the energy and i want to have the ability to clean and organize so i can goal set and feel like i can look at my week with clarity yeah but at the same time, I need to rest and I need yeah. to be kind to myself. So kind of trying to find that happy medium is kind of one of my goals yeah. to accomplish what I need to accomplish while also being kind to myself and understanding that something happened that you can't do anything about. Correct. And all you can do is react to it in the healthiest way possible, yep. which might not be the preferred way, um, but it is <laughs> the healthiest way. And the other thing is, like, and, and this is simple, I just, I need to stop ordering fucking DoorDash and stuff. Oh, I need God, to. I love DoorDash. I honestly, oh God, it's so easy. And you know what? I'm paying t- at least 20 bucks extra for food yeah. that is coming colder, not as fresh. Yep. Always. I mean, it's, it's to go. It doesn't matter how they deliver. It's going to be somewhat colder. It's going to be somewhat not as fresh. It's going to be somewhat not as great qualities if you're yeah. in the restaurant. Why am I paying $20 extra for subpar food? Because you don't have to leave your bed. I know. And I need to stop doing that. I need to tell myself, if you really want the fucking CPK pizza, drive over to CPK and pick it up yourself. Like, don't pay $20 and $25 in fees and tips and all that. And now if you use Uber Eats, a gas surcharge, that's fun. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it Fair. I mean, it is, but I'm just yeah. kind of like, now there's another thing. You can just throw it into the fee section and I wouldn't know yeah, the difference. Yeah, just don't tell me. I... Um, so I'm, I'm trying to, 
I'm not going to beat up myself for eating out, but I'm, I'm trying not to eat out through delivery apps because it's just a fucking bank drain. Yeah. And I don't fair. need to do that. And I need to, you know, I'm, I'm not working right now because yeah. I'm taking care of my leg and I'm not making money. Why am I spending money on DoorDash if I'm not yeah. making money? I mean, I'm not, I'm not bad financially, Yeah. but why do I want to make myself bad financially yeah. by making stupid ass decisions like ordering DoorDash yeah. instead of just driving through in and out? If you're going to eat junk food, eat junk food, but just be smart. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, If you guys have any goals or affirmations, we'd love to hear them. I would love to hear any like, like moral conundrums you might've had in your life or know of. Or irrational fears. Or irrational fears. Yes. Is anyone else? I freaked out by little holes and seeds and stuff. I feel like it's very trendy now that people know it's a fear to know what it is, but um, you're not alone. Also, there's a name. I forgot what it is to be scared of the ocean. There's a name for it too. Well, good. It's it's, a, it's a legit phobia, but it was a cool sounding name, I think. Yeah. So if you remember that, send us in too. It's a uh, way too honest podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Comment on our socials, way too honest pod at um, TikTok and Twitter. I believe we're way too honest podcast or pod on Instagram. Pod, I think. Pod? Let's just double check. We have so many socials now, you guys. We're trying to be really on it. Um, yeah. Let's take a look. We are way too honest pod at, uh, on Instagram. So DM us, comment to us, uh, email us. We love to hear from you guys. Um, thank you so much for the suggestions on those Christian delivery services. Those were a hoot. Um, yeah. and we hope to see you. We hope to see you next week or hear or listen to you. Hear us, whatever. We'll, we'll be here. We'll see you then. Yeah. We'll hope you're here too. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>